We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? This is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network. Thank y'all so much for tuning in on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you are taking this in. Really appreciate it. If you have not listened to the previous episode uh, that was posted earlier this week, special edition for Mental Health Awareness Month, be sure to go check that out on One Royal Way as well. Joining me for the Royals recap week, my pal Kent Swanson. Uh, we're getting a little Chiefs-Royals uh, little intermingle in here. How's it going, buddy? It's the crossover of the century, man. Oh, yeah. Dude, I uh I've I've ducked out on you like three times. Like I've you tried to hit me up to try to do this and I keep not being able to. So like I'm just I'm glad I can get down here and hang out and we can talk some Royals. I got my Royals Farm Report hat on. Of course I do. Uh but yeah, hey, real quick, hit the like and subscribe button if you like this show, if you like what Joel's doing and everybody uh with Royals Farm Report has done fantastic work uh yeah hit the like a slight subscribe button so uh yeah i i know how to do this here on this fine channel i'm <laughs> hey, I'm, a, I'm not i'm a veteran you know hey i appreciate it because i hate telling people to like and subscribe to my own content i like joel's content hit the like and subscribe button <laughs> there we go we got an actual we actually have a packed episode with a lot of stuff to talk about here uh, over the last week before we do that this show is always brought to you by kansas city strength and conditioning let's hear a quick word from them from the beginning we knew right away that we wanted to do strength conditioning and a throwing program for the baseball and softball community it wasn't something we were trying to back into or all of a sudden learn we knew we were really good at these coaching these skills from the get-go and the fact that we're in the same business and the employees are all on the same page you know we can write a program based off of what a kid needs not just getting him stronger or faster from a general sense it's what does this kid need on the pitching end we can say hey this kid needs such and such he needs to do this or that better a lot of times it turns out it's not something that needs to be fixed in the baseball cage or on the throwing mound it actually needs to be fixed in the weight room Big thanks, as always, to KCSE for sponsoring this show. Be sure to check them out uh, down in Homefield, Nolatha, if you have a baseball or softball player that needs a place to uh, place to train. All right, Kent, so we'll start with the biggest news that broke earlier this week. Uh, Terry Bradshaw, hitting coach, was let go. 
uh, Alex Zumwalt and Mike Tozar. Uh, Alex Zumwalt is one of the director of uh, hitting development for the Royals. Mike Tozar has worked with Jorge Soler, Salvador Perez, and others uh, within the organization. And they're both in uniform as co-hitting coaches, essentially. The first of, I think, a couple of moves that are going to occur within the coaching staff here in the near future. This one makes the most sense to happen early. And Alex, Josh, and I talked about it earlier this week that the Royals have somebody to that they could bring in with like in-house and make an in-season move like this quickly. I know there's a lot of talk about Cal Eldred and pitching, and I think that's coming soon. But this was a move they could make right away to fix one of the worst offenses in baseball. There's at least something there. Right. And the like he's like, I think that's the most important part. The infrastructure was there. And this is a group of guys sitting underneath Terry Bradshaw that have, got, have gotten a lot of people really excited because you've seen the growth and development in some of the hitters uh, that, you know, that in the in the minor league system. And, you know, you look at what MJ Melendez and his growth going from a, a horrendous season and kind of going through, you know, the, the pandemic and all that stuff and really seeing his growth to where he has at this point in his career and, and Nick Prado kind of. I don't want to say ri risen from the dead for both of those guys, but no, you're yeah. right. I mean, it's, right. it's pretty close. Yeah. Right. It's like, you know, they, both of those guys went from top 100 prospects to like not even prospects. And now they're back in the top 100 just that fast. Right. And so like the, the, the development that you've seen at the minor league, you, you kind of want them. You kind of want a little bit of that. The majors now, like, I think that's like, I, I, I think we've all kind of had the same thought. It's like, you probably like I I don't know if you were stressed that you, to see the 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 hitting development group get poached, you know like I've been like scared that like that group was gonna get thinned out pretty good, um but now there's more runway for that group too because Terry Bradshaw is gone and like you never celebrate someone being let go or no longer with the organization or anything but at the same time, like this this is probably what's best and what's in the best interest of this organization. You have to hit at the big league level. And you have too many young guys that are coming up now that have relationships built with Tozar and Zumwalt mm -hmm. and Drew Saylor, who's still working as a rover around the minor leagues that has completely revitalized the hitting development at the minor league level. Stuff that Alex and I and Josh and I have talked about for years that this it's remarkable, complete philosophical change that clearly needed to happen at the big league level too. So you have these guys like Bobby Witt Jr. and Kyle Isbell, MJ Melendez, Nick Pradovini and Pasquantino not too far behind that have built relationships with these guys. And I've seen success working with them. So you might as well try and bring them up. And I appreciate the fact that I'm sure that Dayton Moore listens to this podcast and thinks super highly of me and finally decided to listen to my advice of, hey, do something different make a change whatever that may be just to try and see some sort of improvement toward next year this is the first step in that well now, yeah it's not in his dna to make too many changes you know no. he's well, yeah i know it, he's he's not very transactional um but uh i yeah no i like, it's good that they finally did it it's good that they finally you know are, are trying something different and I know we're going to talk about some of the younger guys later, but I mean, like one of the most advanced, like some of the most advanced plate appearances that we've seen in recent men memory has been specifically MJ Melendez. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've seen him, you know, you, you heard some of Dayton Moore's comments about, Hey, you know, um, just the, the, the quality of at bats that this team has had has just not been particularly strong. Well, I look at, I look to a guy like Melendez who has less of the stink of Terry Bradshaw on him than anybody else. Uh, and, Boy, he's put some really, really strong, consistent at bats together. You know, making guys make pitches, um, finding some walks. I, I think, yeah. I mean, it's just it's been impressive. So you know, you're hoping to see more consistency in that process. And 
you know, maybe it's a, it's a snowball effect when it comes to, hey, let's let's eat into the starting pitching a little bit quicker. Because this team <sighs> drives me nuts. It drives me nuts how how much they they get. Like, I think it was like today or yesterday, the Royals had, it might have been today, it was like the Royals got the bases loaded on like 14 pitches and like they let the pitcher off in like 20 mm-hmm. in one inning. It's just like, it's just yep. so frustrating. This team doesn't, this team doesn't punish pitchers and doesn't force them to stretch themselves out and put them put pressure on them. it drives me nuts well it's a complete philosophical change that needs to happen because yes the royals don't strike out a lot they're actually one of the like lowest strikeout percentage teams in the league which you would think would lead to success but they also don't walk a lot and they're swinging more so it's not about not striking out it's about the quality of contact you're putting in and they're not doing that the guys that are in the minor leagues right now are actually walking and they have multiple guys at each level that are walking 10 plus percent. Uh, that's not always an incredible indicator because sample sizes change, but guys are actually like hunting pitches in the minor yeah. leagues. Like, hey, they're, hey, it's 2 0. All right, let's go. Or, hey, 3 1, he hasn't come near me. I'm going to let this go. I'm going to take my pace. And I, I'm all for aggression for the most part. Like, <laughs> hitting, a ba- hitting a baseball is hard. So when you have your opportunity, go take it. But, at the same time, you got to work quality at bats, quality pitches, and that's you know part of growing as a big leaguer. There are guys like Salvador Perez that are going to make a living not walking, and that's fine because he hits home runs. So you just kind of take it with what it is. But too many guys in this team, Sands, Carlos Santana, and MJ Melendez are swinging too much, striking out too much, not walking. So there there needs to be that philosophical change. Hopefully, Zoomwalt and Tozar can at least bring some semblance of it, even if it's like a forty percent, like forty percent of what they're doing at the minor league level. That's going to pay dividends at the big leagues. Well, and like, yeah, I mean, pitch selection just across the board is like, it, that's that. I mean, pitch selection with being selective about what you're actually swinging at. Like, this team is rushing to res- resolution oh, so yeah. quickly. It's just like, it, and I mean, it's been like that for, I mean, it was that, it was like that when the Royals were good. Oh, yeah. You know, they, did, they, they got, <laughs> yeah, they were able to do it. And they, again, they didn't hit a lot of home runs. They didn't walk. They didn't strike out and they won a World Series. So I think there is some level of, well, it worked then. It can work now, but. No. Yeah, it's even, just like this, even seven years ago, not a, everyone was throwing ninety-seven with cut and sink and sweepers and ch- like all this stuff that's out now. Like baseball is so different, even from then, and it's a, not that yeah. long ago. It doesn't feel like the it doesn't feel like the strategy and philosophy has advanced and grown enough with the way that baseball is being played, right? And the types of arms, like you know, like you remember the the arm the kind of arms the Royals had in the back end of their road of the back end of their pen in the you know mid 2010s which oh my i can't believe how long ago it's been now right but i mean everybody's got that now yeah. you know it's just like there's just a lot of there's a lot of arms out there in the chief or the royals sorry see a little slip there uh the royals like they just they haven't adapted and their their plate appearances are horrendous a lot of the times and we'll see we'll see if this this helps it's just some of it's I I don't want to completely throw Terry Bradshaw under the bus entirely either because some of it's just talent or yeah, lack thereof. That, that is- Carlos Santana's bad now. Like he's mm-hmm. like the 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 approach. I don't really see it getting any better. This is a guy that has t- historically, you know, been a guy that gets on base. And I mean, to some degree, like you know, his split between on base percentage and batting average. You know, you know, you're normally seeing a hundred or a hundred plus. And he's just not hitting. Like he's just not making any contact whatsoever. And like that's just that's alarming. So like, you know, maybe it's time to move on from him. I don't know. We'll see. And what I also think is 
noteworthy with this is that it seems like from little rumblings and things like that, the players really didn't connect with Bradshaw at all. They really didn't get along with him that well, toward, especially toward the end. And when the announcement was made that Zoom Walt and Tosa were coming in, players were excited. Uh, Alex, you know, said, you know, we got anonymous, you know, quote, like, hey, it's party time. Like, guys are ready and excited to have these guys in the locker room and be able to work with them. So it seems like there's there's changes to be made there, and that's exciting that players are ready, that players recognize it, and now we'll see how things go. And they're actually been they, – I don't. they lost three out of five to the White Sox. I don't think they played horribly the entire time. Like, there was some, obviously some stink, but I think there was at least some good things to take away. Now – I know everybody wants to talk about the pitching coach and I get it right. I I 100% understand. And this is not going to be me calling for his job, even though I maybe say things along that line off air. Did you watch the new Carlos Hernandez today? Anyway, I was unfortunately at the office and I did not, um, but I've never been a big Carlos Hernandez guy. So five walks, he's all over the place. He, his fastball is not deceptive. I think he needs to. I think the, the corresponding move that's going to be coming soon is Bernie Singer's going to come back up and Hernandez is going to go down and work. And that's fine. I, I don't, I'm not writing off Carlos Hernandez as a big leader. I just don't know what the role is at this point. I think he's got to get right in AAA. But I thought it was interesting. We talk all the time about Dayton Moore's loyalty to his guys and loyalty to a fault at times. And it certainly feels like that is the case with Cal Eldred at this point. When asked about. Cal Eldred and the future of the pitching coach in the organization. He said, Dayton Moore said, quote, we continue to analyze all aspects of the organization. Not necessarily a ringing endorsement. That's that is GM speak for we're working on it. He gone. We're working. We're working. <laughs> in, in the words of the great, uh, yeah, the great Hawk Harrelson, he gone. Uh, I don't know when that will be. I don't think the leash is going to be long. But it certainly feels like changes is heading in that direction. And I don't know what that means for the managerial side of things, but when the pitching coach and the hitting coach are gone, it's almost like when the offensive and defensive coordinator get fired in the NFL, like there's some writing on the wall there for, for all involved. So I don't know if all of those changes are going to happen midseason, but certainly feels like the coaching staff will be different in 2023. Oh, 100%. And- it has to be. It has to be, and yeah, I wouldn't be stunned if it if it ends with you know if if Matheny's you know time ends here in Kansas City too, especially you know you see some of the younger guys starting to get up. Like this is such a crucial pivotal point for this organization, and I think the the Royals have to start asking themselves some questions. Is is like if what we've seen, the development, the growth, the advancement that we've seen at the major league level for the last few seasons, is that uh, is that growth that developmental arc? you know, something that we want to carry over into a crucial time in this organization's, you know, history, because, you know, the, the, a lot's riding on this wave that's coming in now. Yeah. Like you were terrible for five years and mildly competitive for a year or two after the winning the world series for this moment, you, you, you played, you know, you, you, you didn't go full tank mode. So you had to pick fifth ish every year. Uh, but you're, you, you've got all these guys except for Bobby Witt, but you've got all these guys that you're bringing up here that you've, you know, that have really gone, come through the organization. They've come through a hitting philosophy, uh, that has really helped them develop. And now you're sitting here, like you're, you're making big decisions about, you know, if this is the group that you think is going to develop this, 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 this wave of talent, you know, and I've, 
I don't think that there's been enough at this point to say that that this is the this is the you know this is the this is the right guy to lead this organization moving forward in a pivotal point in their career I mean I still think you know you think you hear about some of the stories about Matheny in St. Louis and how his time ended and and how poorly he treated young players and how um he played veterans that weren't worthy of the time over young players and let veterans kind of run the show and they run it, ran it poorly. And it, it kind of, it, it affected, it affected the growth of some young guys. Boy, that scares me. You can say he's, oh, yeah. you know, he say he's, he's changed and all that stuff, but like, I, I, I'd more interest. Like, I know you, there's something to be said about consistency and all that stuff. Right. And there's something to be said about stability, especially for a younger guy coming into the majors, wants to feel comfortable with everything around him. All right, cool. I agree. Whatever. But boy, the cheat that the Royals can't miss. They can't miss on this. They've yeah. missed they've made them they missed. They missed on Cal Eldred. They missed on Terry Bradshaw. I think they missed on Mike Matheny. I think we all thought they missed when they when he when they signed him, you know, when they when they hired him. So that they haven't done anything to sway my opinion and that it's scary it's a scary it's a scary pivotal moment here in the next 365 days for this organization yeah the next this the rest of this year in 2023 are pivotal in that if you bottom out this year like it kind of you know feels like it could especially with if you're not going to continue not going to play young players then 2023 is you better win mm-hmm. you better at least start and if you don't who knows when it's going to happen. And with the margin for error that a small market team like the Royals has, you can't miss on this window or you can't let the window continue to stay closed and keep passing you by because this city has other stuff to, you know, to look at. They do. You got, yeah, just a little bit, you know, like the greatest football player on the planet, oh. you know, just across the the parking lot over at, oh. at uh, Arrowhead. Interesting. That you know you can keep track of twenty four seven because the NFL machine is bonkers. People will stop paying attention if they don't. You know, it was different when the Royals were losing from eighty five to fifteen because we didn't have Patrick Bavon Mahomes. We don't know what true like all the success looked like, right? As a city, just in general, right? Yeah, I mean, even sounds wild, but. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like even seven years, a lot's changed. Oh yeah. Like you know, like just the way, like unfortunately, the way MLB is being consumed, it's mm-hmm. harder than ever to watch a team. So why are you going to go out of your way to watch a bad baseball team? And hashtag always game. Hashtag always game. I still got in my way. I got a sweet little VPN deal set up. And if your team over Sprint, you get you get MLB TV for free. So all I had to do was buy a VPN. I can watch the Royals. But there you um, go. The fact but, that you even have to do that living 30, 40 minutes from the stadium is I hate, wild. I hate having to pretend to be in New York to watch the Royals play. Yep. It's just, it's infuriating. It's, 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 you know, and so, yeah, I, I care deeply about this team. It's like part of who I am, but is my kid going to feel like that with how just, you know, if they're not good and it's hard to access them, like I can't watch the games with my kid on TV. I have to watch yeah. it on my phone. That's so it's like, awful. that's like, that's already something that like is taken away from me. Cause like when I was his age, I was watching him on TV. Yeah. It's that, that's a larger conversation about baseball at large. I uh, know. I'm sorry. It's but just, no, but you're it's, not, it, but it's, you're not I mean, wrong. it's, it's specific wrong. with the Royals too, because like, you've got to be like to have hope. They need, they need to, they need, we need some hope for real. There's gotta be something to watch. 
Hey, we got a little bit of hope earlier this week. Brady Singer looked like he kind of figured things out. Mm-hmm. If we're going to go positive vibes here, we have to go positive vibes for just a little bit. Brady Singer comes back up from AAA after making a couple of starts there where it really felt like the emphasis was throw your changeup. Yeah. Work on it. I don't care if you throw it 40 times. I don't care if they hit it over the fence 38. You're going to get used to throwing it. He comes back up, and he threw 16, and he got eight swinging or called strikes on it. He had a 43% called strike whip percentage, which is really impressive considering this is the first game that he's truly featured it as a third pitch and not just here's one just to throw it, right? Mm -hmm. And the stuff looked electric overall. Seven innings, nine strikeouts. No runs, three hits, scattered him against a you know a solid White Sox lineup. Felt like he got kind of turned the corner, and I hope that and I think he'll start again later this week. He was returned down to Omaha, and I know people were confused about that. I didn't know, I didn't realize it, but I guess when you are the twenty seventh man up for doubleheader, you have to be returned after regardless. So a corresponding move has to be made to get him back up onto the twenty six man roster, which I assume is going to be coming soon because. Brader Singer's not making another start in Omaha, especially with what he did on Wednesday night, I believe, Fair Tuesday enough. night. Yeah. There, there's no way that you can go and have Brady Singer throwing more outings in Omaha. You need somebody to solidify the rotation with Zach Greinke, Brad Keller, and Daniel Lynch. And I think Brady Singer, at least it's one start, but certainly looked the most confident. And that was the best he has looked as a Royal by far. Yeah. I mean, he's had flashes like that, but it's like, I, but not with the changeup. I think the command and the, the way he was able to utilize the changeup, obviously, you know, you've seen the fastball slider combination a lot, and it's been very successful. And I mean, he's still a guy that's going to be aggressive. He's going to try to pound the zone. He's going to come right at you. But like being able to mix in that changeup a little bit and the timing utilizing that changeup was outstanding. And yes. I mean, guys, I mean, it's legit. It, it looked like a it, there was there's some plus offerings you know, yes. it, it, with the changeup. And like, that was kind of surprising. And it's frustrating that it's taken this long to beat that into his head. And it sounds like it's, you know, he's been a little bit stubborn about utilizing the changeup. And I mean, again, like if you want to talk about trying to get through to somebody, Cal Aldred, I mean, hey, I, why did it take so long? I think, uh, I think Alec Lewis might've said something about that too in his article. It's like, yeah, the, it shouldn't take this much to try to beat, beat it into his head. Like that's, yeah. That's not a that's not a positive sign for, for Kyle Heldred, but man, he 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 was outstanding. And and the changeup working at the bottom of the zone, falling off. Like, I mean, the placement down there was was outstanding. It was it was showing up in the zone or it was, it was starting in the zone and falling out at the bottom of it a lot. Like it, it was just it, it it's encouraging. It's encouraging. And at least being able to put that on tape and show that. Like that's going to be a big deal for him moving forward because, like, if he can continue to build off the momentum, and you know, maybe some teams are going to say, "Okay, we're going to make you throw our changeup. We're still going to sit fastball slider." Like that's may, that may not be an, a bad approach for some of these teams until he shows he can consistently box it and place it. But I mean, you 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 got to start somewhere, and that's exactly what you want to see if you're if you're Royals fans. And I mean, I feel like most Royals fans that follow the team closely are just screaming into the void for years of just throw it. It doesn't have to be a great pitch. It has to be there. Got to have a mix. Yeah, add to the mix. mix. Like, it doesn't have to be spectacular. Just add, you know, subtract a little velo. You know, just show it. So you can throw it into 2-1 count. So at least team, it's at least there. And he wouldn't do that for so long. It seems like he now has the confidence to throw it. I'm sure some of it is just finding a grip that worked for him and finding the, you know, the design of the pitch that made it work for him. 
it seems like he's kind of figured it out. And I don't expect him to go out there and make it a feature, but just again, just let it be there and then run 96 with that, the run he gets. And then we're good. And he can be a solid three or four in this rotation, which is what he is. You know, that's what his ceiling is. And if he's your three, that's a great three. Or if he's your four, that still is a really good four. So I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm more, a little more optimistic about him now than I was a couple of weeks ago. Cause I was about out on, on Brady Singer as a starter in the big leagues, but this at least gives me a little bit of pause in maybe there's something there. And I hope that it can, if he strings together two or three more starts, then I'll be back driving the hype train. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think I was ever out entirely on him. You just, you knew that there was just going to be some serious obstacles for him to navigate. Like, it wasn't a death sentence for him to not have it, but it was, it was, it was going to present some big challenges, and it was encouraging to see that whatever you know him convinced and good and ready to you know confident enough to throw that finally happened. Coincidentally, he went to the minors, and good things happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to look into coincidences too much, but uh, hmm. It's weird, right? So, but yeah, no, I, if, if they can just, I mean, if he can, if, if, if he can carry this process over and continue to stay in this vein, continue to throw some level of confidence, some level, it doesn't have to, like I said, you just have to be like a, a, a game changing pitch. This has to be enough. Show a three pitch mix. That's going to be enough for him to sustain a, a solid career for the remainder of his time in Kansas City. Absolutely. Stacking a few more, a few more guys like him. If they, if they can get Bubich to play, if if they can all kind of pitch that same kind of level, I mean, that's enough. Like you're thrilled with the 2018 draft class, even if you don't get a a, a top of the rotation guy. If you can stack together a bunch of threes, three type pitchers, like that's not that's not a bad thing. I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to develop pitching. It's hard to find pitching. That's why there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. There's no such thing as a pitching prospect, and these pitching processes will break break your heart, and all of them have this year. But that's another story. I am a little bit, so I didn't even think about this in the rundown, but Chris Bubich got optioned down to AAA. John Heasley came up. It was interesting that Bubich's last outing with the Royals before he got sent down was in Texas as a reliever, mm. and he was throwing 97. The only time I've ever seen Chris Bubich throw 97 was in his first start in the big leagues against the White Sox. And I'm sure it was like all adrenaline because every time after that, it was 91, 92, occasionally 94. I am intrigued at how they're going to use him in Omaha. If maybe they go, hey, go just light it up for an inning because the command is obviously not there for him to throw it, throw for multiple innings or at least start. Is could this be the beginning of reliever Chris Bubich? Mm. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't. I don't want to give up on Bubich the starter yet. I don't, I don't think it's giving up on him. I, I don't because and we've talked to scouts. We we interviewed a guy, uh Jeff Pontus from Baseball America, uh, one of our first episodes here at KCSN, and talked about just like the value of a, of a pitcher and a elite reliever is as valuable as a three or four starter. What's Chris Bubich in the big leagues? A three or four at best. Mm -hmm. So the value is about the same. And if he can find a way to just blow it out for an inning or two at a time, and you can live with you know some command issues in the in the bullpen because you're not having sustain for you know for so long. And maybe this teaches him to like throw the crap out of the ball and not aim it at 90 or 89 and miss arm side and up every, every single. single time. 
So maybe this could be good for him in that go throw hard and actually throw the crap out of the ball. And then you mix in your curveball and actually throw the slider that you want to have the emphasis on. I don't know. I, it's it's going to be interesting. I, I bet they're, they may start him a little bit, but I wouldn't hate seeing him maybe in the seventh, eighth inning. I would just I would just be curious to see if they can get him to throw some conviction. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. And maybe maybe that maybe thrown out of the pen allows them to be a little bit more deliberate with that, and that helps. But like just like I think whatever it is, whatever they decide, however they decide to do it, just throw the throw a fastball with some conviction, because he is he ugh, is so immensely frustrating. It snowballs for him too. It does. The command snowballs for him so bad. It's like you know he he starts getting cute early. He tries to nibble, maybe doesn't get a call, and things just kind of snowball from there. And then, yeah, the, then the arm side run just starts happening very consistently. It's just whatever whatever role gets him to start throwing his fastball with conviction is what I want to see him, you know, to see for him. I don't it, 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 him going to the pen will be interesting if that does happen though, because his process is just so it's just so slow deliberate like it, it, i just wonder if like that even bodes well from oh and like let's put him in high leverage situations where you know what i'm saying like i i don't Maybe know he, like he that was some of the best he's looked all year when he was in the bullpen i know it wasn't high leverage but it was in the ninth inning of a you know i think it was like six to two or something like that didn't he still give up a home run though i think so but i think it was Corey seager so like eh. you know what are you gonna do left what are you gonna do? Crying. but yeah like I think the funk of his delivery with the deception he creates, and if he can actually run his fastball up into the mid nineties and hit some uppers every once in a while could play nicely. I, I mean, it could, I mean, it's and it's stuff. His stuff's on like, I really like his stuff. Like I, yes, I really believe in Boobich. I just, I'm interested to see. Yeah. I'm interested to see if the che- if the Royals, <laughs> you've done that like four times i'm counting you know yeah drink every time i do that right it's i just i'm i'm fascinated to see if if that's what the royals um are committed to doing and (laughs) and i'll be questioning if it's the right thing right now too (laughs) that's also 100 fair so what's been interesting to see since especially since zoom and tosar have come up notice more lineups with uh some young guys in it consistently we're getting bobby in the lineup every day we're getting MJ in the lineup every day now. It seems like he's played, I think, four games in a row uh, without an off day. I know he'll need some soon because he's going to be catching a lot with Stout. Back-to-backs on a doubleheader. I hope the pitching staff bought him dinner. I think he's 21. I hope they bought him a cocktail and said, thanks, dude. You got 18 innings for us today. That was nuts. But that I, I mean, that's the kind of stuff you see like in summer ball for like high school kids. And even then, they don't let that happen anymore because it's. So I was saying, like out. our our catchers didn't catch you know more than remember, one game very often when we were in high school. So. I remember my buddy one time caught four. He was our only catcher. He caught four games in one day. It was in the upper nineties all day, and he was. I think he lost like ten pounds that day. Just <laughs> nuts. It's but hey, credit to MJ, and he's looked really good at the plate. And Kyle Lisbell is getting in the lineup every day now. It seems like uh, we're we are seeing less Ryan O'Hearn after the zero for four with four strikeouts, leaving eight runners on base. I think. They learned their lesson a little bit of, you know, maybe putting him in the cleanup spot where he has one hit all year probably isn't the best idea. But he hits how many hits not pinch hitting does he have? I think he has two. I think two. But apparently pinch hit pinch hitter Ryan O'Hearn is amazing. And if that's his role and he gets maybe another 70 at bats all year, cool. That's fine. Um, 
but no, they're going to keep throwing him back out in the lineup because what the hell do I know? Of course, the, of course they are. Exactly. Matheny, the, the, uh, Matheny'd. But the Yosted. Oof. Hey, Matheny'd. But you know who has a ring? You know, managing for the Kansas City Royals. You know, I think. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I love the, I, the hashtag Yosted stuff. Once they won the World Series, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. I still did it, but like, ironically, because Fair like enough. I they did something that like I didn't think what I would ever see in my life. So like, I don't care yeah. <laughs> anymore. But the, the crux of this is for two weeks, I have been screaming into the void in this podcast platform that tens of people listen to of let the kids play. You have <laughs> to. You have to let these dudes get because your best players are your young guys and mm-hmm. Salvador Perez. Like, and it seems like, you know, getting them in the lineup every day and getting them on a routine and kind of figuring where they need to be in the lineup. Oh, it actually works. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and there's definitely been some moments where I'm wondering what this team is doing and why these guys aren't playing more consistently. And, like, I think we know why. But finally getting these guys a little bit more consistency, I think, is giving them opportunities to play and get better with their processes. I think Kyle Isbell's looked better with more consistent playing time. Almost funny how that works, right? It's weird, right? And like, but some of the plate appearances that he's been able to put together recently, last couple of days specifically, I was very impressed with. And I mean, even today, you know, I, I think he had some really strong EVs. So um, yeah, I mean he's proven himself to be a decent little contributor here. Obviously, the power's not really been there. 
to a level that you're you're excited about you, you would hope he's you know kind of you know putting the ball in the gaps a little bit more consistently driving the ball a little bit more than he has but he's hitting the ball hard he has i think of his 31 batted ball events this year 10 or 11 or 100 miles an hour or better for a spell that's wild it's now insane. there's some bad there's some bad luck in there i think at least three of them three or four of them are line outs right to people but sure you hit, you hit the ball hard the ball will, will drop eventually and it's and it's dropping form a little bit right now i think you put two hits on the board today and um but yeah it's get these guys a little bit more consistent playing time like i'm mj's rewarded you with a couple bombs recently and bobby witt is reward i mean bobby's i don't think him the quote-unquote playing more consistent he's playing consistently enough i think they've jerked him around with where he lined him up in the lineup too much but i agree, I agree with that I, that's but at the same time like he's hit some he's he's coming along he's he's been punishing some baseballs out you know he, he's he's been punishing some baseballs recently hitting some more home runs hitting with a little bit more power very quietly bobby wood jr is right around uh league average waiters created plus i believe coming into today it was 97 hit a double today i don't know if it's been updated but i mean he's gone from he went from about 50 60 and then just shot up out of nowhere and i, I talked about when he got his first homer, he's going to get rolling for him. And yeah, four home runs in eight games. Eight of his last 15 hits are extra base hits. He had a double today, scorching the ball too. All four of his home runs are 415 or 417 or longer. Hitting the D, hitting, oh, it's pretty good. I think as our buddy Alec Lewis will say, that'll play. Um, I mean, hitting a ball, hit a ball 437 off Lucas Giolito, hanging curveball too. So it's not like Giolito left him a fastball. That was good to see. That was good to see him turning, yeah, turn and burn on a yep, curveball. Yep. And then I forget how ridiculously strong MJ Melendez is. You see the swing he put on his first home run. That was insane. Like I didn't think that ball was going to leave because he came out of it like his front hip leaked, and he just kind of threw his hands. And the, it, the ball kept the party, flying. He went to the party porch. You know, like it was kind of like it wasn't quite a booty knock, like as as HUD likes to say. But like it was kind of like it was kind of close. He dropped the hands and like his his butt was kind of sticking out a little bit, and he still was able to get enough on that. I was like, I didn't know that he had that much in him, honestly. Oh, well, I knew he did, but it's one of those you kind of forget it because he's. It's not like he's a very imposing type dude. He's just like very compact and strong. And then he drives a ball out to left center, about where Bobby hit his from the left side. I mean, it's crazy what these guys are doing, and I can I can't wait until. Hopefully, like July or even maybe even sooner, we get Vinny P in there and <laughs> oh, hopefully we're, Prado. I'm, I'm so stunned we're talking about Vinny P right now. I <laughs> take a drink if we, I mention Vinny Pasquantino. I think I've done it every episode. I made that joke. I think I made a joke like that when I was on. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're the other day. We're the OG Vinny Pasquantino stands. You really are. You guys really are. I was kind of curious to see if the power was going to translate because I, I'm not saying that MJ had a lot of home runs that kind of looked aesthetically similar to what we saw, you know, with that little booty knock, but there's definitely some that you kind of wonder, okay, like, is that repeatable at the next level? And like the, you know, what we saw from, you know, that home run specifically was like, okay, like there's, this is, this maybe is a, a little bit more. Repeatable. Raw power. There's there a really ton of raw is. power in there. Yeah. There's more than I really maybe gave him credit for. Uh, and I still thought he was a good hitter, and I thought I thought he was going to be capable. And but still, like, yeah, that was that was one of the more impressive home runs that we've seen. Oh yeah, and it and it keeps coming for these guys. They they are the main reason why. And Emmanuel, I want to give Emmanuel Rivera some credit too. I don't know what kind of big league regular he can be, but 
what he has done stepping in has been impressive. Mm -hmm. He finds a way to get a couple of key knocks. He had the, the go ahead triple last night and, or hit, hit a, yeah, I think a two RBI triple and he's not necessarily a burner, but made the play. He's hit a couple home runs, hit a moonshot out <coughs> in Colorado, a couple moonshots out in Colorado. So, and he plays a good third base. He's doing everything you need in a bench, you know, corner infield type. And I think mm -hmm. that's perfectly fine for the role that he plays. So I'm happy for him. I didn't know what kind of, you know, big league potential he had, but in the short time that he's been able to play in the big leagues, he's been good. And I want yeah. to make sure he gets his credit too. The, the guy, the Royals won, we're recording on Thursday, Wednesday when they played and won six to two. And MJ, Bobby, Emmanuel Rivera, Kyle Spell went eight for 15, five RBIs and two home runs. You love to see it. Almost maybe, like playing maybe, the kids. Maybe the way, maybe the, oh, sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to take away your thunder. Go for it. And I was like, maybe playing the kids, you know, maybe it works. Maybe, maybe getting, the, getting more in the lineup every day with some more quality at bats will will make the difference here. I was I was teeing up for you to just scream let the kids play. <laughs> let the kids play, damn it. There All it is. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. And I think and I think Vinny Pasquantino has a home run tonight in Omaha. I think he has he has a double. Prado hit a hit two absolute moon bombs. He's playing the, left field tonight. Yep. He's a good athlete, man. I, oh, I think he's capable. Yeah. I'm, I wouldn't be stunned if they move him around. I, I especially I have a Especially. I have a I have a wild thought real quick. I'm sorry. Go for it. I had, no, I had this harebrained, wild idea. What if they played him at first base? <laughs> I, I mean, what the Royals a concept, aren't, man. The Royals aren't playing a first baseman right now. No, they're uh, not. I th they're playing uh, the ghost of Carlos Santana. Yeah. I think they might be playing Carlos Santana, the guitarist, at first. <laughs> Um, he might so, be able to hit those, but they hit about the same. I mean, that's what I'm. I just. I, so I, here's I, what is. Can, right, wait, hold on, really quick. How many more days until like the service level is, or like the service time is manipulated? Oh, that's been up. That's been up for. All right, we're good the then. Okay. Yeah, we're good Let's then. Go. Let's go. So I just thought about this. We talk about him playing him in left field. Trade maybe Benny. Andrew Ben, may, maybe Andrew Benintendi isn't here on July thirty first. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the way he's hitting right now, you probably can get a couple of decent you, prospects. You for can him. get you can get some assets for Benintendi. Like I think, right. I if he's trending the way he is, like you're yeah, going to be I able to not, get something. I am not full trade Benintendi. I'm also not full of give Benintendi an extension. I'm just like, whatever they do will be kind of interesting. I don't want them to give him an extension, but I'll be interested to see what they do. I think they should trade him. I think they should too. I think they should. I think they should. Whether they do or not is an entirely different story. No, they'll probably just let him play out the rest of the year, win 72 games, and get nothing for him. Yeah, because the comp pick thing is a qualifying offer pick is a comp pick is gone now. They're, yeah, it's he's not going to. I don't know. I, I'd trade him, I'd move yeah. on from him. I think so too. I love Amir Garrett. I think Amir Garrett's gone. <laughs> No, no, no. He, I, I want to keep him around. I love that. I man. love him. Did you he, see? <laughs> he tried to eject the umpire. He got kicked out today. I know he got tossed, and they tried to toss the umpire. I love the confidence. Oh, it was so good. Like, he's my, he's like one of my favorite Royals now. Because like you need that wild card in the bullpen. Like you got to have one crazy dude. The dude that's going to go out. He's going to throw ninety six, shove it by guys, uh, and then you don't know what he's going to do. If he, is he going to? 
talk some shit? Is he going to just walk to the dugout all quiet? Is he going to go fight an entire dugout, an entire team by himself? Or is he going to try and eject an umpire? Like, you need that wild card. And then, I mean, he provides it. I, I was going to say this, too. Like, I'm so disappointed that the Royals are wasting a very good bullpen during the time of year where, like, by the time the bats and the starting pitching comes around, the bullpen's going to be exhausted. Yep. yep. <laughs> and it's just so frustrating because the, bull, the bullpen's been great. Yes. I have no qualms with the much bullpen. Pretty across the board, man. Right. Like, they're deep, and they've got a lot of guys that are playing or pitching pretty well right now, and they're just yep. going to waste it. They were doing that when they were back back in the early 2010s as well. It's frustrating. Watching Greg Holland save 45 games on a 68-win team. Painful. Yep. So one more quick note to hit here. Uh, Michael A. Taylor uh, went on the COVID IL, I believe. And so you don't have to make a true 40-man move. They can call up anybody. And they called up a Dyron Blanco. He has been in the system for a couple of years. He was in the Jake Diekman trade in 2019. Cool. He's 29 years old. So I know that seems kind of old for a prospect, but he is a Cuban, defected, and didn't make his American debut until he was 25 in the A's organization. So only been in the States for a couple of years, but he's been solid. Hit 344 over his last 18 games. A little bit of pop. Really good defender. Can really go out and, and get it out in center field. Great runner, uh, steals a lot of bases, a little bit of power. He's a great fourth outfielder. Like he's kind of like an Edward Olivares type, but a little bit better defender. It's kind of the, the comp I can give here. And, for and if, a guy you check, like that, if you check his Wikipedia, he's dead. <laughs> that is that's uh, weird. The, the Royals activated him from the grave because he died in uh, November of 2020. That is uh, why. Why has oh, that not been updated? That's weird. Hashtag always game. Hashtag um, always game. Um, but no, I, I'm happy to see him up. He's a guy that I kind of was intrigued by. I saw him in the Texas League in 2019 uh, when he was in the A's organization. And a dude that I was, you know, oh, th there could be something here. And uh, when the Royals traded Deakman to the A's, I was like, okay, come go get Darren Blanco, please. He kind of fits the Royals mold and cut his teeth for the last few years between double A AA and triple A and finally gets his opportunity. So that's certainly a, a cool thing to see. He'll, he'll get a couple of starts here and there, I'd imagine, or at least some. Uh, like defensive replacements, pinch run opportunities, and good organizational depth, but a really good story. You saw, I don't know if you saw Matheny talk about him. He's just bouncing around. <laughs> he said he was bouncing around the locker room, just ready to go, really excited. And I mean, he should be getting his opportunity yeah. to play in the major leagues. And, you know, hopefully he makes the most of it. Hopefully he gets some opportunities. You know, like we'll see what kind of, what kind of opportunities he actively gets. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see what he does and if he's able to, you know, there's the it's it's hard to it's hard to be a fourth outfielder in major league baseball and stick yes and you know it, people don't realize that it's so like i mean you know hopefully he's a guy that's actually going to get a chance it, my my thought process on giving Dyron blanco playing time what do you have to lose nothing you're already losing yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. so i'm so negative no music. Dude, i'm sorry I, it's no no i because i'm the same way I, just, I, I really am about like all sports. Like I am the worst pe person to watch any sporting event with because I'm so cynical and it's awful and it's a horrible, be horrible behavior. And I try to, I'm trying to be better about it. I, I think I, we're so conditioned as Royals fans to default to sarcasm. Yes. And well, and some of it too, like I don't want to spend the whole year coming on this show and being like, man, this team is awful and terrible and fire everybody and blow it up. And 
because the season's too long for that. You can do that in a 17 week football season. And I can do it right now because like I'm just I'm just I'm just driving by here. <laughs> exactly. So I don't I, I have I, to host I, this thing every week and I don't <laughs> want to be on here. People are like, crap, Joel's just ranting again. My God. Like, <laughs> There's reason to rant though. There I get is, it. There is, and there is, but I'm trying not to be that guy. At least early on. Now, in July, if things are the same way, then I'm going full Rant Swanson. Like, it's going to happen. Boy, you, you, you got to be careful with that. I, I tend to black out. I've been hospitalized <laughs> three times after podcasts. So, uh, just just, be, just just be careful well, there, bud. What, when, did you, when was, like, the first full Rant Swanson moment? Uh, I think it was 2019. It might have been Cam Irving. It might have been oh. like Cam Irving stepping on Mahomes' foot on his like I think it, it was just it was this, the, during the 2019 like early season stretch like where they just were losing and Mahomes was hurt and it was just painful to watch and I went nuts and then yeah Rant came out a few times during that stretch and some people really like people Rant's pretty polarizing right <laughs> I've found Rant to be very polarizing some people really yes. don't like it <laughs> I, I the the Rant Swanson. Before the unfortunate Super Bowl a couple years ago, I'm sitting at my like I'm listening to it at work, and I was working construction at the time, and I was sitting on a ladder, and like I wanted to just like punch through the drywall. I was like, "Let's go!" And then Sunday happened, and then it was sad. <laughs> yeah, there's like a positive rant Swanson that pops up from time to time. Yeah. I like that one. That one sometimes the, I, I just I just I have a lot of pent up aggression, and sometimes a word triggers me and it just, I just go from there. It's I, I try not to listen to the chiefs to this episodes because I'm like, I, the chiefs have already ruined my Sunday. I don't need to make it worse. Yeah. It's always, it is. It, people are always like, just don't want to listen to anything after a Royals loss, which is great. You know, like, like you can just kind of see like, there's like a dip when, when the Royals lose, like people just don't chiefs lose. Like, wow. You actually it. flipped at that time. <laughs> wow. I can't do anything right today. Can't win. But, can't win for losing right now. <sighs> I uh but yeah so uh yeah so no yeah some people don't not as many people listen when the when the Chiefs lose it can be it can it can hurt it so all right before we we I do want to talk a little bit of Chiefs just because I can and I need a platform <laughs> to talk about it um yeah any final thoughts on the Royals or just anything baseball related um I am excited to see the arc that Bobby Witt Jr. is on. I really, you know, it seems like he started slow. It's fun. It's, he's kind of picking it up a little bit lately. I don't know if he's going to blister, you know, he's going to hit the ball out of the park at the same rate he has in the last, what he said, eight games. Yeah. But I'm still optimistic that, like, by the end of the year, we might be having the conversation about the AL Rookie of the Year when it's all said up. Because I do oh, think, 100%. That, I think the arc is, is very much there. Um, I, I'm pissed about the bullpen being wasted. And uh, that's about it. Yeah. Bobby Wood Jr. is currently fourth among rookies in F War. And I believe he is only second to Jeremy Pena, uh, rookie uh, shortstop for the Astros, uh, for rookie shortstops. So he's coming. Certainly trending in a good direction. Julio Rodriguez is kind of getting going a little in Seattle. Spencer Torkelson's still hitting below 200 and striking out a lot. So there's certainly a, still an avenue for Bobby to, to make it there. So for the Royals fans that thought that he was a bust 15 games in, like calm down a little bit. Uh, I'm never going to forget some of those tweets saying Bobby Wichita needed to be sent down after 10 games in the big leagues. I'm like you all or something. I mean, just watching it's, what it's he the was same, doing. It's the same people that thought Patrick Mahomes needed to be benched after what one bad game. 
last season? There was people that, yeah, some people are, their their memories are so short. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, like, even like after the Bengals, like, okay, yeah, Mahomes had a terrible game against the Bengals. He tied the game in 13 seconds, seven days before. He didn't yep. forget how to football. He had one bad game. Give him a break. Like the first bad playoff game he really had in his entire career. It's awful. That's crazy. That's the expectation here. Fourth AFC championship game in a row and people are losing it. It's wonderful. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like, oh. you know, it's it's like the Chiefs have Michael Jordan and everyone wants Michael Jordan and everyone is waiting for Michael Jordan to fail. And Michael Jordan didn't fail very many times. And are you ready? Are you ready to kick your feet up? Let's let's fast forward to like December. It's like week 15. And we have seen the AFC arms race, AFC, AFC arms race and the, the AFC nuclear arms race. Um, and the Chiefs have won the division and we get to kick our feet up, smoke cigars and laugh our asses off at the fact that the Broncos, Chargers and Raiders couldn't do it. Yeah, they do all that. And the Chiefs are in like a perfect cap situation for 2023. All their young players have developed. And they still have the best player in the world. Like, oh, like, like this, this really could be like, this is kind of like the experimental year. Like the Chiefs are going to be good. Don't get me wrong. The Chiefs are going to be good. And if there but was a year to do it, it's this it, year. The, yeah, you think about it. Like, look, the AFC went the AFC West went crazy. They all went and tried to add a bunch of old pass rushers. They all traded a bunch of their assets to win now, to win in this window. Specifically, you know, like the Chargers are trying to win now before they have to pay Justin Herbert. And the Broncos are trying to win now because they're they've got Russell Wilson finally. And they've got to try to win immediately. The Raiders are a football team in Las <laughs> Vegas. Um but like, if this doesn't work for the AFC West, how dev- devastating and demoralizing is it for them for the next decade that they went all in to try to stop Mahomes and the Chiefs sat back and instead of going, t- you know, punch for punch in free agency with them, said, "All right, we're going to trade away our best receiver. We're going to have a bunch of draft capital. We're going to invest in the draft. We're going to go cheap. We're going to have a little bit of carryover cap space in 2023. And if we beat you now, you're screwed because next year we're going to have a ton of cap space. And next year." you know, all of our rookies are going to be developed for an additional year. Like this is a, this is, this has the makings of the chiefs. If they, if no one unseats the chiefs this year, it is going to be an absolutely miserable decade for the rest of the AFC West. And I just so here for that happening. And honestly, having Mahomes means you probably still have a chance of doing it. Even if your rookies don't play like above their heads, like, it's just like this might be the year we find out how big the gap is between Mahomes and everybody else. Well, we talk about like the over my dead body games that he has from time to time. Like this is gonna be like an over my dead body season. Yeah. And what's gonna be hilarious about it all, like you said, if the if no one does it this year, and I'm not talking not even the AFC West, just the AFC, then who's gonna do it? Because you know Burrow's getting a bag after this year. You know Herbert's getting a bag after this year. I don't know about Lamar, but the Ravens are, you know, they're always going to have good players. Yeah. If they decide to give him a bag, that's another team in cap hell. And then the cap hits are really going to start coming for Josh Allen and the bills. It's and like, and, and the, the cat and the cap hits going to come for the Broncos because of Russell Wilson's contract and every, the extension in the extension, they're inevitably going to give him every team that gives not Patrick Mahomes a lot of money is probably going to wind up re- not regretting it, but not being able to get the value the same way that the Chiefs are going to be able to get Mahomes value. And I think that's the Mahomes is he's not the he's he's just the he's the he's the inefficiency in the market. 
<laughs> There's is, only it one is, of them, though. It is hysterical to think that a half a billion dollar contract is going to look like a discount when some of these other contracts come out. I mean, it already is. Mm-hmm. I mean, look what Deshaun Watson just got. I don't want to. Yeah, we don't have to go there. I don't. But, I don't want to go. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go. But there. like, they're just. They've got. They they Mahomes set the standard and guys are going above that ceiling and that ceiling is is great for the Chiefs every single step of the way because they continue to force other teams to pay a lot of money for their quarterbacks and their quarterback is not as good as our quarterback even Josh Allen. Yep. Which Speaking of Josh Allen, I I have a take and I've been thinking about it for a little bit because I've seen all like kind of the charts that look at like EPA and some of like the other like kind of advanced numbers. And even at Josh Allen's best, he's still not as good as Patrick Mahomes, which we all know, but the rest of the football world and sports media doesn't because they're bored with the greatness of 15. But like Apex Josh Allen's stupid, like ridiculous. And we've seen what Apex Josh Allen looks like, but we also have seen that because he had Brian Dable. Brian Dable's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Is like, have we already seen what Apex Josh Allen is and it's never going to be that good again? Because I'm not convinced. Like, it's not that I think he's going to be bad. I don't think he's going to fall off a right. cliff, but I don't think he's ever going to be as good as he was last year. I think, I don't think the highs are going to be as high for him. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, there's probably some merit to what you're saying, and I I am fat. Like I'm I'm more interested to see if the if this you know stability of Brian Dayball being there is a factor in all this. But Ken Dorsey's still there, um, uh, so he's he's a, a a really quality addition. I believe I'm gonna double check this. Joe Brady is also there. Is he really? Um, uh, Joe Brady. Hold on, let me double check. He is. Yeah, he's the quarterback coach for the Bills. Oh shoot. Okay. So well, there's still some. Yeah, there's still some good offensive firepower there. There's still some, you know, or some uh, some brain power there. Um, man, Joe Brady's younger than me. God, I feel old. Um, but but I mean they they've got good infrastructure there. They got a good football team. Um, I think Josh Allen is probably not going to reach this potential, the full potential that he has in him, because I do think there are some ball placement issues that'll probably keep him from, you know, achieving, <laughs> but like this version of him is very, very, very good and can win a Super Bowl. So I, I think there's probably a little bit more for him to achieve still. I don't know how much more beyond what he's done to this point, he's going to be able to do. Um, So close to apex, but not apex for me. Fair. Uh, oh, I just I just thought of one last thing. So Tyreek Hill got his bag in Miami. Good for get him getting paid, all that. No, um, I would not pay McCole Hardman. I wouldn't either. I would oh, either. I just we've, didn't know if that was the question. No, no, no. We, we've had this conversation in the DMs before. I, I don't. I wouldn't either. But we've seen, like, Tyreek Hill got his bag and good for him. The hysterical video of Tua throwing, like, a maybe a 30-yard pass and underthrowing him. Um and then Miami fans so down bad trying to relate that throw to Mahomes throwing on the run, rolling out right, getting chased by Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett. In trying to say game. that that was just in a real game as the same throw. What might have been my favorite hysterical tweet of the offseason. They are they're coping so hard right now. And like, I mean, they gotta they gotta do what they can. They gotta talk themselves into it however they want. And I mean, good for them. There was like there was like some like fake like like throw gate like uh video that came up of like people trying to prove the throw wasn't as bad as like as the camera angle made it to 
It's just like all I don't of it care. Tyreek had to come back probably two or three yards oh, for that ball it's in so shorts, fun. in shorts and no pads. God, it's hysterical. Um, I, I say that, and I have Tua in one of my dynasty leagues. So How does a social media team get permitted to post that? Is what I want to know. And then leave it up. I think it's still up. <laughs> of course it is. Nope. I mean that's the only time that people are talking about Miami. They wouldn't. They wouldn't trade for Tyreek Hill, and no one's really talking about it. That's true. Yeah. God, that's it's just so it's so funny. God, it kills me. I it's I, great. I I you know Tyreek got the bag, but he's not going to have the same kind of success that he had here. No, I think I I think I tweeted. I I don't think I ever tweeted it because I'm going to wait until later in the season for this one. I think it's in my drafts. Um, just sitting there waiting for like January. But it's Woody Harrelson, you know, using the money to like dab his eyes. It's like Tyreek Tyreek with the bag after a six and eleven season. Yeah. Well, I'm rooting for a six and I'm rooting for a, an 0 and 17 season because that means the Chiefs' fourth and sixth round picks that they got from Miami in 2023 are all that much more valuable. Fair enough. Now, how, okay, how many compensatory formula picks the Chiefs getting next year? Uh, they're slated for two right now. There we go. They got one for Melvin Ingram because of that unrestricted free agency t- tender that they put on him. That was so, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I yeah, didn't even know that existed. I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I didn't know you could potentially like. Jeez. I didn't know you could potentially get compensatory picks on unrestricted free agents and tag them and all. It was great. But yeah, they're slated for a sixth and seventh right now. Uh, surprised a little bit because like you know I thought guys like like Tyron Matthew would have signed earlier. And if he would have signed, they would have counted towards the formula and the Chiefs would have got a fourth round pick probably out of it. So, um, but yeah, they got like 12 picks on the, they got 12 picks for, uh, for 2023. They got the Ryan Poles compensatory pick too for uh, the, you know, uh, the minority coaching and uh, general manager stuff too. So they got that one as well. So technically three, but two for player transactions. All right. One last football question. Has Maddie Lane, already started doing scouting for the 2023 draft guide uh probably <laughs> probably a little bit like that that dude that dude's brain doesn't shut off he's doing a lot of work still on this this draft class so like he's been watching a lot of tape on that like he spent a lot of time on brian cook the same i think he's gonna took. be fun he, that dude's gonna be fun yeah it's interesting it's like probably like our least favorite pick like if you were asked the draft guys like if you were asked the kcs and draft guys like probably our least favorite pick but yeah. like you I, know I guess for me, I'm just excited to watch a defense that doesn't get that doesn't make business decisions. It doesn't make business decisions, and it's actually about that action a little oh, this, bit. Yeah, this group won't do that. Yeah, so I think that's the fun cultural change of some mm-hmm. of these. Oh, like, for sure. Like Leo Chanel might end up being my favorite player on this defense, like really fast, just because he's going to fly around the field and just like thump people. And it's gonna he's going to be everyone's favorite. Like he's going to run blitz and get, <laughs> or he's going to blitz and get a sack. And, or a tackle for loss and like he'll just be endeared to cheese fans forever oh yeah it'd be great yep. all right one last question we'll get out of here thank you so much Kent. this has been awesome we're doing it again later this year don't don't uh dip out on me too much <laughs> just i'm just i'm gonna just ignore your dms for a couple months at least so. that's fair i get hey I, I get it um what would your walk-up song be if you had to take it out bat in coffin stadium oh man um that's a great question <laughs> I'm trying to go back to like what I've had. Like, so like I, I pitched in college. I, my, my walk-up was crossroads. The, uh, the John Mayer cover of crossroads. Okay. So that was one, uh, that was my pitching song. Uh, man, I'll just, I, I wish I had a good one. I, I'm sorry. I probably that just cause like, I'm that's, that's, it's got a little bit of nostalgia for me. What's All yours? Right. 
Ooh, okay. So probably if I had to think about it, it would be the fiddle intro to Long Hot Summer Day by the Turnpike Troubadours. Ooh, you just get you just went to see them in town, or you just I went did, to see them in Texas, didn't you? I saw them in Texas, and I'm going to see them when they come to Bonner Springs in August. Okay, they're playing the Cricket Amphitheater, or whatever. Yep. And I'm going to see uh, William Clark Green at Knuckleheads tomorrow, so I'm pretty excited about that. That's awesome. Oh yeah, that's but awesome. Now, yeah, I we went. I waited two years to go to concerts, so I'm hitting them as many as I can now. I don't blame you. All right, buddy. Well, hey, thanks so much for uh, for doing this. We're gonna do it again soon. Uh, definitely need to do. I, w- I want to hop on twenty one questions with you at some point soon. Dude, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen this summer. Let's do it. All Let's right. It. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, like, rate, all follow everything here we're doing at KCSN. Follow the podcast channel KCSN Kansas City Royals, and you know these guys. They're the flagship of this thing. So go follow Kent. Go follow Maddie, Craig, the Lab, all that good stuff. And we'll talk to you all next week. And, hey, Craig, if you're listening, you're great, buddy. Love you. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.